So hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Wealth Voice of Wealth podcast. I am Edmund Shing, Global CIO of BNP Paribas Wealth Management. And as always today, I am joined by my co-host, Charlotte de Coeur-Poisson. Hello there, Charlotte. Hello, Ed. So today we're going to talk about water. Now, obviously, water is a theme that we have discussed recently in our Future of Food theme, but not just food, but also water, which is extremely important, isn't it, Charlotte? Yes, indeed. Did you know, Ed, that water covers about 71% of the Earth's surface, and yet only 3% is fresh water? Most of that is unusable because it's locked up in glaciers, polar ice caps, the atmosphere and soil, or it's highly polluted or too expensive to extract from underground sources. Fresh water consumption worldwide has more than doubled since the Second World War and is expected to soar by a further 25% by 2030. More than a third of the world's population live in water-stressed countries. All this is exacerbated by climate change, leading to extreme weather such as droughts and floods. Ed, as part of your recently published Future of Food theme that you mentioned, you focus on water security. Obviously, it's an important theme, but could I realistically make money out of it? Well, of course you can, Charlotte. Um, If I'm just to talk in pure hard numbers, even if you were to take... Uh, the performance of, let's say, the Salactive Global Water Index, which is a water index that's tracked by a number of ETFs, so easy to invest in, that has done double the performance of a general ESG sustainable fund, or indeed of the market as a whole, the global market as a whole, since November last year. So it's done really well. It's certainly a theme that has captured the imagination, not only of investors in maybe ethical terms and thematic terms, but more importantly, in performance terms. It is performing extremely well at the moment. In today's environment of water scarcity, pollution, climate change and other problematic global water trends, what major challenges do you see for businesses in the coming years? Well, we keep talking about the circular economy, don't we, Charlotte? And I think that's very important that we need to understand the concept of recycling. There are a number of industries where water usage is extremely important, but also huge. So the water consumption, for instance, in the manufacture of things like semiconductors, did you know that takes an awful lot of water? All well and good, but of course we are producing more and more semiconductors. In fact, we have a semiconductor shortage globally right now. That demand is going to continue to rise. So we need to figure out how does the semiconductor industry continue to fulfill its need for clean water, but also recycle that water in increasing amounts so that it reduces the burden on the rest of the population. And I think that's a challenge for the semiconductor industry. Clearly, it's a challenge for a whole host of manufacturing industries as well. Then, of course, there's agriculture. Remember that agriculture is a huge user of clean water. Remember, you can't use salty water. You need fresh water for agriculture, for irrigation purposes. And given all the sort of climate change, we don't necessarily get enough rain. So we have to be much more productive with our use of water. How do we grow more food while using less water? That is a huge challenge for companies today and that which is met by agricultural technology companies. So water is clearly a long-term goal, but don't you think there is a contradiction between companies focusing on delivering on their quarterly earnings and focusing on long-term strategic goals? 
Yes, that's a problem that has become, if anything, more acute with this increasing focus on delivering quarterly earnings and meeting analysts' expectations for quarterly sales and profits. And yes, it can get in the way of long-term strategic thinking and delivering on those long-term strategies because people, of course, focus more on the short-term and perhaps not enough on the long-term. That's actually one reason why I like founder-driven or family-driven companies because they tend to have better long-term performance as a whole. And one of the reasons that they do is because they are able to continue to focus on long-term strategic goals for the company, as opposed to focusing on just delivering that quarter's earnings. So I think this is something that needs to change. The better companies do manage to balance the needs of delivering quarterly earnings with the long-term strategic goals. And if anything, will favor increasing long-term strategic goals. And water usage and delivering clean water is going to be one of those long-term strategic goals that companies need to focus on more and more. And how can people invest in this space? Well, you know, Charlotte, there are loads of different ways. This tends to be a theme which one can invest in via equities. So it tends to be stock market driven. And so you can invest via mutual funds, ETFs. As I've mentioned, there are a number of ETFs that track, for instance, the Selective Global Water Index. And there are individual stocks. But if you're going to go down to the individual stocks, you have to be very clear about what you're investing in. Because with a lot of these water funds, they tend to be, I think, grouped into two or three main categories. The first category tend to be utility companies that, of course, deliver our water that we use for drinking, that we use for washing and so on. So those utility companies deliver clean water to the population and also, of course, to companies. However, those companies are heavily regulated, typically by states and governments. They're not allowed to charge whatever they like. So they have price caps set in place or often price regulation, which is set as a cap with some sort of CPI plus or minus formula. So again, they can't charge what they like. And they're also under intense pressure often from governments to invest heavily to reduce water leakage, for instance, in pipe work and to improve the quality of the drinking water. So it becomes better tasting or you remove all of the nasty stuff and all of the chemicals to raise the level of drinking water. Utilities are not such an obvious investment for the future of clean water. Yes, they're necessary, but it's not obvious for me, at least, that investors will do very well out of that in the future. Yes, they're a good defensive asset. So maybe something to consider instead of investing, for instance, in bonds, because they're not economically sensitive. However, what I prefer are companies that really actively invest in technology around recycling of water, desalination, about better agricultural productivity so you can grow more, but while using less water. And things like vertical farming are some of the techniques that are coming through now that are able to achieve those sorts of goals, grow more, but be very positive for the climate as well, both in terms of energy usage, but more importantly, in terms of reduction of water usage. So that's where I like to focus my my energies in those single stocks, And those are, to a large extent, encapsulated also in the ETFs and the funds I've mentioned. Thank you for listening to this Voice of Wealth podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 